Cholo show. Then we've got uh, our pirate criteria, which is ratings. Uh, or Then we've got our pirate crate. Space-time. The ever-expanding frontier. These are the records of the most needlessly complicated rewatch of the Star Trek franchise ever. Its mission, to locate every second, contemplate every eon, from outside time to the Big Bang, to the 20th century, all the way to the end of all existence. To do what no sane entity has ever done before. This is the Temporal Trek Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Temple Trek podcast. Uh, uh, Dan is still working very, very hard, so uh, he will uh, not be with us today. It's another solo show and we are going to be watching the episode First Flight. We are in the Chronodate Season 3, Episode 50 of the podcast and Season 2, Episode 24 of Enterprise. But we are only watching the 2153 scenes as First Flight was already covered earlier in Season 3. Uh, right back almost at the beginning of the season, before Enterprise Season 1 even started. Uh, because in Temple Trek we watch it in complete chronological order, we are going to have some time stamps. So, uh, in the past what I've done is normally list out the time stamps, but because it's a solo show, we're going to be watching the episode in real time. So I've already written out the timestamps in front of me. I will pause when we reach the end of each segment and uh, I'll discuss things as they're actually happening, if there's any uh, points that come up. And then I'll pause at that time, sort of fast forward it to where I'm going and then try and make any comments in between as well. So it's not a straightforward watch through. If you are watching along with me, um, you know, you could do it with me. I will call out the timestamps, but we'll just keep going from there. So... Uh, for the uninitiated, uh, Temporal Trek is where we don't really rate episodes in 1 to 5 or 1 to 10 or warp factors like lots of other shows do, uh, because it's all, you know, up to subjectivity. What I try to do is look at it like a piece of history. Since we first received transmission of your historical documents, we have studied every facet of your missions and strategies. You've been watching the show, Lieutenant? Historical documents. Uh, is this historical red record uh, full of consequence for the future? Could you point to this and say this is where everything changed? Um, is there something that is significant in the episode that actually we've learnt for the first time in a chronological watch through as well? Um, so we've locate the point in time. We then do consequences. Then we do alterations, expansions. What we would have liked to have seen differently or could have been done differently to make it a better story or uh, a story we would have appreciated more. Doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be better, but it does mean that we would have appreciated it more. Perhaps it will ring true for you. And again, get back in contact with us. Get on Twitter. Let us know what your expansions or alterations would have been, how it would have played out to you. Play into that subjectivity. Everyone thinks that they will be able to make the episode different to fit their thoughts. Um, and I, I just genuinely like to hear people's other opinions on... Uh, what they think a good episode makes. Then we've got our pirate criteria, which is recommendations. 
is this a good example of Star Trek? Is it uh, one that we'd want to show to other people to maybe try and bring them into Star Trek? Again, trying to look at it from a historical context point of view. Is this a bit of interesting Star Trek history that you could put forward and it would be worthy of study or worthy of attention? And then the last bit is just S. It's not really a ratings criteria, but I say it's ratings anyway. But where we sell other podcasts that we, the hosts or guests, might be on. And then we set up for the next episode, just so that everything is in a nice, timey-wimey space-time continuum. So, we are going into First Flight 2153 only. Starting at 0 minutes, 0 seconds, which makes our timestamps a lot easier. But... We are watching on the Netflix edition, not the Paramount Plus, and we start in three, two, one. So Enterprise warping along, not a scratch on her from the regeneration episode last week. It's not an episode of Enterprise until T'Pol is sort of dismissing your science, really, is it? So she doesn't believe in time travel, doesn't believe in dense concentrations of dark matter. How did the Vulcans get as far as they did without that kind of ex- exploratory kind of pioneering attitude? If they're so dismissive of so many different things, um, it just seems unlikely that they would be the formidable power in the Quadrant at that time. Could you rig some kind of spatial charges? Something that would spread the Metreon particles over a wider area? If I can, it should put on a hell of a show. Fireworks. I don't know. I kind of feel like Reed should have been the one to bring out the fireworks. Could we not light them up? It would have been a nice little aside. So, a personal journey. At this point, we don't know who AG is as we go into the credits at 1 minute and 30 seconds. Keep that running just for a second. But, um, yeah, getting the letter that, you know, someone you know has died in a very unexpected way. Um, you know, I imagine majority of people listening um, have probably gone through something like that. I know I have. Um, there was a friend uh, back in the day when I was a kid. I was part of our local church choir. Um, uh, before I became an atheist and uh, there was a, a singer uh, David in our choir who uh, was a physical you know sportsman he you know he was the fit guy you know he was always out there playing a game of uh, football or cricket you know you name it he would have been out there doing it um, not reckless but he was very um, uh, out in the outdoorsy and um, sadly just because this is the way fate twists itself around us uh, there was an aneurysm uh, in his brain and uh, sadly died from uh, a rupture in his brain and it was so shocking it was so unexpected he was so young and and fit and physically fit um, it, you just can't imagine it happening so this kind of episode is one of those ones that it kind of gets you after a while when you realize that actually um Archer's lost a best mate. We got six spatial charges. I read them myself. What are the rates? There's any dark matter within 500 kilometers or not. Thanks. 
because there are people in your family who you know, reach a certain age you kind of expect that maybe that time of life is coming around um, when it's someone unexpected it, it does hit you and you're kind of like well what do I do now with that information it's it's so jarring to your mind I do wonder why in this episode given that they've established Archer and Trip, why Trip isn't coming with um, to Pole and Archer. They don't give them that kind of extra bit of information. I realise it couldn't just be the two of them because they wouldn't be asking questions. They would just be sitting there in silence most of the time mourning the death of their friend. But I don't know, having three people, I think, could have been a bit more dynamic um, as the cutaways go through. We've already been through all the scenes uh, from earlier when we have the flashback scenes. Um, you know, there, there's already the, the action element and uh, there's the drama. Yeah, I kind of wanted the same thing in these scenes as well. I like that T'Pol is insisting herself that... Although they repress emotions, she's quite emotionally aware of this crew by now. That she's spent two years with humans, I think she realises that actually he needs this, he needs a bit of company. Um, and I think it's a credit to the character and, a, a, a strangely, a good bit of writing for T'Pol. Amazing. It certainly fits in with uh, The Breach when she was consoling uh, Flocks as well. She's inquisitive, but not too pushy. It's, it's quite a nice little thing for T'Pol. It does seem a bit of a reset for Archer that he's taking it out on her, but, you know, you can understand he's in grief. I do like this episode. Like It gives you the background history that I wanted first. Actually, I would have liked to have seen this episode at the beginning of Season 1. We see the, the warp flight program develop, and we stop at 6 minutes 21 seconds. Uh, if you've frozen just like me, you are seeing already the flashback, and those four people still stuck in Starfleet headquarters in their time loop. There we go. So from 6 minutes 21 seconds, we then zoom forward to 10 minutes and 4 seconds. Shuttle's still out there, they're shooting their, their pods off. Now, of course, when we're watching in a Temple Trek way, uh, it's very unusual to be jumping in and out of this conversation that seems to have developed a lot more since we last left it. Um, to an outside observer, uh, in the Temple Trek way, it's very unusual, a bit jarring, it doesn't quite work on its own. Um, you know, had we had the flashback episodes as a separate episode at the beginning of Season 1, and now this was almost like having a clip show but without the clip show, and these two were in the shuttle pod, perhaps stuck there in a shuttle pod one style episode. Um, I wonder if it would be as interesting. Um, whether they could have had callbacks to A.G. Robinson and something that he did two seasons ago 
comes up to save them. You know, uh, something he came up with, they try again. Um, and it's just a, a nice way of maybe calling back to previous episodes. And we stop at 10 minutes and 58 seconds. We come back at 14 minutes and 28 seconds. And we're back on the shell pod again. It's zooming past. They reuse the bit of footage. They're detecting the black dark matter um, and they're trying to find the uh, the Metreon particle charges. Is that a catchphrase? Just using a word? Mm. Now that's a catchphrase. quite a lot of room in the pod with them. Like, I'm surprised they've only got six set of charges. They've just tried two. They're going to try another two and by the end of the episode they'll try another two. But there's actually quite a lot of room in this pod and they're only in there for a couple of hours. I'm surprised they didn't bring more. We need to move deeper into the nebula. And time to move deeper into the story. And to Poe, yeah, to Poe is already asking about the story, but Archer's a bit confused. I quite like that he doesn't think that she is actually interested, but she is. And she cares about her captain. And we stop at 15 minutes and 59 seconds. So we've established that actually um, he broke a record that way back when, when we covered all of the previous scenes and the flashback scenes before we started Enterprise, that actually something hit the record books. So when we come to our judgment criteria, the consequences I mentioned earlier, um, that is a big impact. That Actually, he changed how you eject from a vessel at warp. We come back at 23 minutes and 41 seconds. Oh, the shuttle pod's not moving as fast now. They haven't reused this bit of footage, or they've just slowed it down. The flight was interrupted. Well, we've had a whole conversation. We didn't even know. Again, the Temporal Trek way of viewing things. The conversation has moved on quite significantly. They try and inject a bit of drama here. Ooh, what's going on? Things aren't working. It's still not enough. I kind of feel like maybe if we'd had Trip here, we could have made a bit more of this. And, you know, just as turbulent as... The story he's telling is happening, it's still turbulent in the future, that things are still the same, that he's talking about A.G. Robinson. I, I, you know, structurally, I would have liked it to impact maybe into this story as well. Archer is determined to prove her wrong. If it's not time travel, it's dark matter nebulas. See, I wanted more of that. I wanted him to be learning from AG, using AG's experience to really you know, get through perhaps more of a dangerous part of the nebula. Um, you know, add a bit more drama to it. 
But overall, I do love this episode. It's a really nice character piece. Like I say, anyone who's lost someone that was either close to them or just, just you know, you were just talking to five minutes ago and, you know, it, they're not going to be there anymore. It, it's a sad episode, sombre episode, but I actually think one of the nicer ones of um, season two. In the sort of vein as Carbon Creek. We stop at 25 minutes and 35 seconds. We move on to 28 minutes and 16 seconds. We should be 20,000 kilometers inside the nebula. Load up two more charges. So load two charges there. Again, they could easily just take more, surely. I suppose if they're low on resources. They don't want to set the precedent for captains stealing starships. That won't bite them in the butt. I would have liked to see more stories. Have we got more seasons of Enterprise, more stories of by the book Archer? Uh, we mentioned back in Horizon that he might have become um, a cargo pilot. You know, I wanted to find out about that. You know, have more flashbacks to the backstories of all the other characters. We still don't bombard those particles with metrions. Archer's not giving up. Always determined to try and prove to Paul wrong. And moving into 29 minutes, 48 seconds is coming up as where we stop at this section. And we move on to 36 minutes and 59 seconds. There's a significant gap now because they're, they're really playing over to the uh, the flashback episode to really provide the drama. This is just you know the setup, the the narrative structure that they're they're setting up for the episode. So it is a bigger jump this time. You obviously weren't dismissed from Starfleet. They must have found your argument convincing. Convincing enough. We managed to avoid a court martial, but they grounded us for three months. Still, the NX program continued. Eventually. From a history point of view, the idea that you know you have to have the right person in the right place, if it had been anyone else, it wouldn't have gone forward. I like that Archer actually was the one who vouched for the program, so it makes sense why he became the captain of Enterprise. Oh, we get a bit more drama. Have we found some more dark matter nebulas? I hate to see those last two charges go to waste. Here we go, last two charges. And they ignite the atmosphere. Will they just go dark? Anything on sensors? Nothing happens. That's it, we might as well turn back to Enterprise. Nothing's going to happen now, is it? Oh, wait a minute. What's going on? It worked. We had our rule of three. If you're a gamer, you know what I'm talking about. After the third try, it's successful. And they illuminate the nebula. Not the first time she said it, but the first time she said it and sounded like Spock. 
I like the, the thematic tie-in that actually, you know, it's about being out there with your own eyes and experiencing it for yourself. That they just want to explore and see. I do love Scott Bakula's performance in this bit. It's pretty close to the bone. We stop at 39 minutes, 24 seconds. Yeah, I mean, six months before the ship was going to launch, that's when they finally decide who the captain's going to be. Um, I realise that obviously today with ships being built and everything, yeah, those decisions probably don't get made till the last minute. But six months, given that this is the first ever one, that this is going to be a huge deal, um, that there wasn't perhaps a decision made a bit earlier and uh, that they might have... Uh, at least put the most important NX program or part of the NX program in the hands of someone who had had a solid amount of training beforehand um, specifically for the ship. We move on to 40 minutes and 49 seconds. Still in the pod. A little bit more CGI, shuttle pods returning, reusing CGI from other times. Something we'll see all the time. He should have been there. Just like I said. Oh, sorry, I had to wind that back. It's a very understanding part to pull. It's a character work that I do appreciate. And we go up to 41 minutes and 51 seconds as Rick Berman and Brandon Braga's names appear. And it's the end of the episode. And that's it. We have watched the episode in Temporal Trek chronological order. Only the 2153 scenes. So we've located the point in time, but we didn't actually get a time stamp, as it were. We did not get month or date. But we know we are somewhere after regeneration, so it's after the 1st of March-ish. Um, all the way up to the 3rd as well. So... Uh, we've located the point in time. We move on to consequences. What is the consequence of this episode? Question whether it addresses the consequences. 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 The concept of learning from one's mistakes shouldn't be difficult for a Vulcan of your wisdom to understand, Ambassador. I don't wish to contradict Captain Archer. But learning from one's mistakes is hardly exclusive to humans. Well, we've established that dark matter nebulas can be ignited in a very large quantity to uh, a degree where you'll be able to see them if you bombard them with metrion particle charges. 
Um, possibly not something they would do in the 24th century. They'd just use metrion particles as a, as a beam or something like that. But um, a significant scientific advance. So historically significant. Uh, significant to the Star Trek franchise, the consequence of it. It's a great bit of character work. I really appreciate that it brings to Pole and Archer closer and that they um, are able to bond over this moment. And also it's a scientific endeavor. They, you know, no one's firing at them. No one's trying to abduct Archer. You know, there's no sexy time and a distraction in attempt to sort of bring in some audiences. It's a genuinely nice story um, and something that I think is one of the best in season two. Uh, of course, normally you'd be watching it with all the scenes in uh, order of the episode, not in a chronological watch through in Temple Trek. So, do just these scenes work on their own? Um, you know, are they consequential um, on their own? Ultimately, no. There is a scientific discovery here, but that's not going to change how warp field theory works in the future or shielding works in the future. Um, had there been trip on board there'd been a bit more danger to it perhaps it establishes that there's a new thing that we could bring in for future shuttle pods and it actually explains why we have blah 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 on uh, shuttles in the 23rd and 24th century maybe it would have more significance but overall it's a character beat and it, it impacts the consequences for characters but not necessarily on a temple trek historical viewing Next comes alterations, expansions. Is there anything that I would want to see expanded? And yes, as I said, um, Archer. I want to see by the book Archer. Had we had more scenes in uh, the future for Enterprise, um, try and get more of these backstory episodes in. We had Carbon Creek where uh, T'Pol talked about her grandmother. I would have liked to have seen more T'Pol on Earth and how she grew up and what was happening while she was there. Uh, young Flocks. Uh, flocks with uh, Metis, uh, as we found out in the breach, finding out these stories. I would have liked to have seen more flashbacks. Uh, find out why Reed has an estranged relationship with his family. Um, I'm sure there's an interesting story there that could have been told. Um, whether you want to see it based on what was done with Reed, that's another matter. Uh, Trip, you know, there's there's loads of stuff we could find out about Trip. You know, why is he, uh, you know, the third to be called um, uh, Charles Trip, Ch uh, uh, Tucker the third. Um, there's a whole family there that we don't really get to know and um, in a few episodes time might become quite significant in Tripp's motivations maybe it would have been nice to have established that as well but it is at least something we get to know that Tripp and Archer had a previous relationship before Enterprise started Hoshi being a teacher I'm sure there's a lot of drama that you could bring out of that and we kind of had illusions in Horizon for Travis uh, but just a bit more of it as well. Uh, so alterations, expansions, there's not really much I would change. Uh, and I like the narrative structure of telling the story and going and flipping back. Of course, for a Temple Trek podcast, it makes it a bit different in the viewing experiences. So after alterations, expansions, we go to our pirate criteria. It's the R's for recommendations. What did you think of the story? From my perspective. That's one way of looking at it. I'm going to recommend it. For recommendations, there are two strands. Do we recommend to Star Trek fans, as a good example of Star Trek, and to new Star Trek fans to bring them into the fold? To Star Trek fans, I actually think this is one of the better ones. Um, it's the best, probably one of the best, from season two. 
Uh, and it's a really nice character piece and one that I think most Star Trek fans point to when they talk about our Archer's character, the history of the NX uh, flight program. If you really like your ships and knowing your knowledge and history of Starfleet, um, it establishes quite a bit in this episode in its entirety. Just the scenes on their own, the just the 2153s, as we're supposed to do in the Temporal Trek order, doesn't work narratively on its own. Probably not the most exciting. Uh, it is um, you know, a scientific endeavour, but there's not... Uh, uh, a moment where the shuttle loses power, so we're not really drawn into a drama part of it. However, the drama is given over to the other scenes. So, if you like your characters, if you like your history, I thoroughly recommend this to Star Trek fans. To non-Star Trek fans, you need the flashback episodes. You need to watch this episode out of a temporal trek order. Um, that seems to be a refrain that we constantly find if we are watching the temporal trek, which makes me question why exactly I'm doing this podcast, but hey... Um, you have a lot of nice character moments from T'Pol, and I think that's actually a selling point. The character, the actress, is not always uh, given the best uh, things to do in the episodes that we've seen over season two. So to have a moment where she is shown to be caring and understanding of human psychology, that she forces her way onto the shuttle um, uh, for clearly his personal benefit, not necessarily the science, um, it's a nice moment, and I think it's a great way of showing people the T'Pol character that we want them to see. However, it would raise unrealistic expectations that the character is so well served in the future, or has been served well in the last two years. Uh, so to non-Star Trek fans, these scenes on their own, the 2153, I am not going to recommend. You would need to watch the entire episode. In the entire episode... Absolutely. I think this is one of those ones you could easily put forward and say, look, this is part of Star Trek as well. It's not just phaser fights. There's some great character moments, too. And that's it. We have reached the end of the episode. So uh, what we do with Temporal Trek is set up and sell podcasts. Um, we are on uh, the Temporal Trek podcast, but we also have the Nexus Knights spin-off podcast where we generally talk about Trek. I'm also on the Epsilon 3 and the Cosmic Pizza podcast over on the ESO network with Paul and Sean. Uh, Dan, my co-host, my regular co-host, uh, he also has his own uh, uh, Trek podcast, which is Academic Trek, where he talks to academics who use Trek in a research capacity. So please do give that a listen because it is a fantastic show. So setting up for next week. Join me next time when Dan will return. Lucky you, because you don't have to listen to me on my own anymore, waffling on, um, is Season 3, Episode 51, Season 2, Episode 25 of Enterprise Bounty. As I say at the end of episode, and 100% mean thank you so much for listening to the uh, Temporal Trek podcast. I'm flabbergasted by how many people actually do listen to this thing. And I will catch you in the next time stream. I hope you've enjoyed the show. Please remember to like, subscribe and review wherever you listen to it. If you would like to be a guest in the future or give feedback, you can contact me by either searching for the Temporal Trek Podcast Facebook page or find me on Twitter at Rider underscore Coattail. Also search the Temporal Trek Podcast. You can also find me on Instagram at Daniel underscore Hitch underscore Writer. Scripted elements of the show are a work of pure fan fiction and any views and opinions expressed in the episode discussions are my own or that of the guest. They do not reflect the rights holders of Star Trek. Any Star Trek sound effects or music are used under the terms of fair use and are not my own work. The intro music 
Birthright by Audio Binger is royalty free from the Free Music Archive. Check out their work and others at freemusicarchive.com. The Temple Trek is a free podcast with no Patreon or sponsorship. However, if you would like to support the show, you can find my books by searching Daniel Peter Hitch on Amazon. Thank you very much for listening, and we'll see you in the next time stream. <laughs>